Welcome to The Stretch. I'm Dr. John Mark Harrison, lead pastor at First Baptist Concord in Knoxville, Tennessee. In this leadership podcast, I have conversations about growing as a leader and living an inspiring life. When we stretch, we grow. So let's grow. Hey everybody, this is The Stretch. It's a conversation about growing as a leader and living an inspiring life that ultimately makes a local difference. You know, um, when you think about stretching, it, it's uh, it's it's painful sometimes. Absolutely. You know, we don't like that. There's a big difference between stretching and straining. And when you stretch, it, you improve your foundation. You you strengthen your support system, and and we hope you accomplish more. And so today, I've got a very special guest, Neil Kuntz. Neil's with us today, and going to talk to us about leadership and life, about how he and his life have kind of pushed uh, for all that God has allowed him to experience. Neil, Absolutely. welcome. Thanks Thank you, for Mark. being with us, and yeah. you, uh, you've led many different businesses, you're married to Jamie, you've got two yeah. adult sons. That's right. You guys have been through the war and been through a lot together, Absolutely. I know. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. great. Well, thanks for this time, and listen, I want you to know that um, while I've been here just a short time, you are a respected leader in our community, and it's evidently I so. I appreciate that. And, and even in our church, man, folks look up to you. And so will you just that. take a, a brief second and tell us about how you came to know the Lord and, and how, how oh, boy. God brought you here? Yeah, that's a that's a long I, I Probably the easiest answer is I didn't come to faith until I was 26 years old. Wow. So I grew up in a grew up in a home that uh, had good parents, great parents, not godly parents. Hmm. And um, you know, there's an interesting story uh, when Paul is on Mars Hill and he's preaching about the Epicureans and the Stoics and all yeah. that. I was a Stoic. My wow. parents were Stoics. Got it. Head knowledge, you know, maybe yeah. we could kind of contain our emotions and be good moral people and all that. And so um, I relate to that. But when I was 26 years old. Because of this church, I'm a product of this wow. church. Isn't that great? How about that? That's awesome. Uh, and and a loving wife and her family. You know, Jamie was so instrumental in my coming to faith and just, you know, being patient with me mm-hmm. as an adult. But, um, you know, I was a young business guy and um, kind of just felt like my whole life, if I was ever going to be anything or have mm-hmm. anything or become anything, it was just going to be by my own self-sufficiency. And I had a, uh, a Sunday school teacher by the name of Prentice McReynolds and he and his wife, uh, were such loving people to young married couples. Yeah. And Prentice was a business guy. I worked for IBM. How about that? And he used to funnel me cassette tapes back in the day. You know, <laughs> That's great. Charles yeah. Stanley, yeah. Adrian Rogers, yeah. and all that. And and it was through that that I really you know came to saving knowledge of, of, of just surrendering my life to Christ wow. as a 26-year-old. And I really felt like I got off that treadmill mm. of self-sufficiency. Yeah. God gave me almost immediate purpose in my life. And so I have enjoyed not only being a product of this church, but growing in this church and raising our family in this church. And Man. Thankful that you and Bridget are here now. Yeah, Another season of our, it, our church A whole life. new season. That's, that's right. right. That's you know, right. Jamie was on the search team that brought us here. Yeah, that's and right. So I got to meet her first. Yeah. And man, what a jewel she is. Yeah, she sure is. So so let's talk about leadership and, and just yeah. really life. All right. So just sure. really, t- you know, I'd love to just talk through I mean, who's invested in you and how that's yeah. even you've seen working out in you. You mentioned Sunday school teacher and others, but who, who are some folks that you look up to for inspiration? Who, who are kind of further down the road that you look to? Yeah, you know, most of the people that I look up to, and, and even as a kid, John Mark, I never had heroes. You mm. know, people look up to sports stars or yeah. celebrities or whatever. I, I never really had heroes. But there's been a lot of a lot of people in my life that I would consider heroes of our faith, people that have poured into me. Some have been just friends. A, a young uh, when I was a young man and just came to faith, one of my best friends here at this church was Sam Cargo. Mm. You know, and Sam Cargo and I did uh, ministry together with the youth and all that. And Sam was um, a, a more uh, mature spiritual believer than me. And so I learned a lot from Sam in my early 
uh, 20, late 20s and 30s. And then I've had people, um, you know, I think God brings people into your life, sometimes for your whole life, right. sometimes for seasons of life, yeah. so that you can learn from them and mm-hmm. that God can use people to shape our lives. And so I've had some of those people come and go. Jamie's mom and dad were certainly, her mm-hmm. father was a very inspirational person yeah. of faith, yeah. uh, not, not very uh, outspoken. It was more about he modeled good faith. Right. Um, even today, I know you've had, you've had our friend Jim Vandersteeg on mm-hmm. here, but mm-hmm. you know what I've come to appreciate is if you lined up 10 leaders, there, there are certain tenets and principles all of those guys are going to have. Right. If you're a successful leader, yeah. you're going to have basic fundamental principles mm-hmm. that have, have caused your success. But what I've learned to appreciate in recent years is the style of yeah. leaders. Yeah. And so, you know, I think of Jim Vandersteeg, and I'm thankful for his friendship, but I look at you know, how he leads people like that. Chris Martin, mm-hmm. who's the, the president of the Knoxville Leadership Foundation. Chris and I have been friends for a number of years, and he raised his family in inner city Knoxville, grew up in a segregated South Alabama. Mm-hmm. And now this is a guy whose who's ministry and his business, if you will, and his whole life is focused on injustices and yeah. workforce development, all kinds of things for the people that um, are, are in our city. So there's been a lot of folks. Right. I, I'm sure I've missed a no, lot. But Sunday great. school teachers, church, yeah. church people, people yeah. of faith, though, primarily. Yeah. Yeah. I, I left out one guy. Okay. When I got out of college, I had a, the only real job I ever had before I started my business. I worked for seven years before I started my first firm. And the guy that was my boss was a guy named David Dingler. Hmm. And David still lives in Nashville. We still keep in touch. And I learned um, a lot of good habits from David. Yeah. He was a successful business guy. Yeah. And it wasn't so much what he did or said, but how he just modeled mm-hmm. being a successful business person. And right. it wasn't always something he crammed down your throat. Right. It was just a way of of. Yeah. of, of Developing good habits, you know, blocking right. and tackling. Yeah. When you're young, you got to figure out all the basics. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking the other day, there's so many different moments that someone's spoken in my life. But yeah. in those early days, just like you're talking about, yeah. it was just seeing it done well that you kind right. of figured out how to get in behind, yeah. you know, and just yeah. get caught up in the wake of a That's little right. bit. That's right. It's all, it, for me anyway, it was all new. It yeah. was all, you know, it was right. soul that had not been tilled. Yeah. So I was looking for anybody to show me where the rocks were. <laughs> That's right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so time, many times we look past that, but, but a lot of times that's yeah. exactly what yeah. it is. And that's those things cool. are formative in our careers too. For sure. Well. For sure. Well, well, let's talk about leadership more in the, you know, you've had lots of different organizations. You've had many different businesses. You're leading some now. So let's talk about like, what do you think um, are important attributes of successful leaders today? Yeah. You know, what are some things that you think, man, the, this really needs to be a part of your life if you're going to be successful yeah, today? I agree. Well, I, I think I would start with saying that I think to be a successful leader, you have to come alongside people. Mm-hmm. You know, you lead people on a, a, a journey of accomplishment. Yeah. But good leaders, when it's all said and done, and after you've, you've reached those goals, had those accomplishments— Good leaders leave people believing that they did it themselves. That's good. You know, yeah. because it's not, if you're the guy, I remember, you know, as a young kid, I was, I was like 19 years old and I was managing people. Hmm. And um, I remember, you know, my, the way I did it back then was I'm the boss. Mm-hmm. I've been given authority and you will do this because of who I am and the title right. that was given to me. Right. You know, when you get a little gray hair and, and, and maybe grow in wisdom a little, you understand that, that your job as somebody who is leading is to create a culture for people to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, a great example recently was 
with all this COVID stuff, I've got a young man that works for me that's just incredible, a lot smarter than me. He's got an MBA and a law degree and financial background, wow. 40 years old. Grew up here at Concord, by oh, the way. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I knew him when he was a college yeah. student. Wow. And we worked together the last 10 years. But, but a perfect example of that is about two weeks ago, uh, and, and during all this COVID stuff, we kept people on payroll, but we had six or seven people that we furloughed. Mm. And unfortunately, they were kind of people that we'd had issues with anyway, but yeah. we didn't terminate them. We furloughed them. Yeah. About two weeks ago, I started getting emails. I got emails from two or three of them that said, thank you for continuing to pay our medical insurance premiums for my family. Well, even as the owner of the company yeah. and somebody in leadership, I never made that decision. Mm. But the guy that I just mentioned that made such an important decision, he did that because he knew it was the right thing to do for us. Yeah. As a guy. He didn't come to me and say, hey, Neil, this is four or five or $6,000 you're never going to see as the owner. Right. And, and so to me, that's important. You set a culture that allows people to do the right thing. Yeah. And then you model. He didn't even have to come check with me to that's see, great. is that, is that going to work? Is that good with you? Is that? Right. He knew yeah. that was our philosophy of business, and that's how we treat people. So, yeah. so yeah, so I think a lot of it is, you know, one of the early things about um, discovery for me as a leader I really didn't know what I was good at. Mm. You, know, you try a lot of things, and and uh, you know, there's an interesting story um, of, of Moses that we probably all know from the book of Exodus. But you know, around chapter four, or so he's having that encounter with the burning bush. He goes, right. God's talking to him, and, yeah. and and hey, you lead the people out of here, get the Israelites, get them. And so he's trying to convince Moses. And if you recall, you know, Moses is giving him a list of excuses, right? I, you know, I'm not a good speaker. I, what if they don't believe me? Mm. All this stuff. But it's interesting. What what God says to Moses, and probably verse 2 there or something is, Moses, what's in your hand? Mm. Yeah. And some translations say it's, uh, you know, shepherd's staff or, or what. But basically God is saying, Moses, I have equipped you for certain things in life. And you have experience and, and a knowledge that's specific to what I need for this particular job. And I think young people, to be a good leader, you've got to take an inventory of what your assets are. Right. Most young people that I talk to, young men in their careers and all, most of them don't really understand what their spiritual gifts are all about. Yeah. So how, how can you be an effective leader if you don't know when and where to acquiesce to let someone else be complimented by your, by your leadership, right? right. You right. can't do it by yourself. No way. Uh, the guy I mentioned that's so bright that works for me, he's yeah. wonderful. I don't go in there and try to, you know, spar with him over mm. intellect. Right. What I do is give him guidance and guardrails and a framework and communicate my what I want from a culture. And he's much smarter about getting so things done than me. That's right. So, so I think leader leadership really comes down to that. Know what your assets are. Mm-hmm. Understand what your strengths are. Yeah. Uh, and, and then how that how that uh, interworks with other people that you're trying to lead. Right. You know, you said earlier about, you know. Really, you, you you were describing unifiers. So many times, yeah. people feel like in leadership yeah. they've got to like, like you said, do it by themselves, yeah. and everybody yeah. sees them there. And I, I really think when when things are good, nobody can find the leader. Yeah, you know. But when things yeah. are when things are bad, the leader steps to the front. But That's when right. things are good, they're in the back, empowering That's right. people. That's right. And because they're Absolutely. unifiers, Absolutely. you know, and, and that's a good word. I think young people too. When you're a leader. John Mark, people, people feel so much pressure, mm-hmm. and I think that's what drives poor decisions in a lot of cases. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite verses is uh, Proverbs 19.21, and that verse says that many are the plans in a man's heart. We all yeah. have lots of plans. But what it goes on to say is 
but it's the will of God, or some versions say the purpose of God that yeah. will prevail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, instead of us, sometimes I learned this the hard way in my 30s, but instead of us pursuing our own agendas and pursuing yeah. our own plans every day, we should say, what's the will of God? Because yeah. if I pursue the will of God, yeah. that is going to be what advances any agenda that God might have for me Amen. for his kingdom. Amen. Yeah, yeah that's good. Man, that's I a hard lesson to learn. It is that for yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. But man, that's, that's really strong. All right. So I, I know, Neil, you're passionate about like theology of faith and work. Yeah, like this is absolutely. something that we've talked about many times before. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, this is really why I wanted us to have this conversation yeah. today, man. You, you, you have a very clear understanding of like, when you go to work, it's not like this is my work life and then that's my other life. No, like God has not. called you there. There is mission there. There's opportunity. Man, you're a missionary every day as you step out of your house. Yeah. So will you just like, you know, where's that passion come from? Help us understand what is this theology of faith yeah. and work. Help us wrestle yeah, with this great. today. Well, I was about to interject there. It's like the nine to five window. You know, <laughs> in the right. IMB and in Baptist, we always had the 1040 window. Listen, there's a nine to five window in America yeah. where people are lost and hurting. And as leaders, we can impact God's kingdom through those interactions. So so here, here's the thing. I, I, I'm going to say church, but no, I'm going to, that's capital C. Yeah. Not a reflection on our church, but I think the church in general has um, sort of implied to business people and others. And when I say business people, everybody in the market, if you're a teacher, you're a nurse, a plumber, it doesn't matter. But people in the workforce, that somehow that is a second-class calling. Mm. And and as you know, there's no scriptural evidence of that. There's no biblical evidence that says your job is to to progress up this ladder to something that's more honorable in God's eyes. We we talk about this this triangle shape that it's a vocational and spiritual hierarchy. Yeah. And so what we say is at the very bottom, it's just regular people like me. Yeah. And then you go up a little rung and there's maybe people helps ministries, you know, nurses, teachers, yeah. social work, you go up a little higher and there's pastors, yeah. you go up a little higher and there, but at the very top, we probably have foreign missionaries up mm. there. And so what the church I think inadvertently has done is told people that your job and, and the marketplace is devoid of any spiritual significance. Hmm. And so your job is to work, grow in your faith, develop your spiritual maturity, do these things so that you can climb this ladder yeah. and become something greater in, in God's kingdom. And that's, that's not true. Not at all. Right. God raises up people that, that can have profound effects on his kingdom daily in what they do. Yeah. And and for young people, sometimes they look, you know, I, we have this conversation, they say, well, you, you own your company. You know, for right or wrong, you could tell 70 or 100 people, this is the way it's going to be. Nobody's going to question you. I'm in a cubicle over here. What am I going to do? And God will always give you a sphere of influence, no mm-hmm. matter what you are, whether that's a thousand people or 10 people that you sit at the lunch table with in the yeah. break room. And so, you know, uh, Martin Luther solved all this during the Protestant Reformation. Hmm. We don't need, we're priests. Right. We have a direct relationship. And same with that. You know, when we look at Matthew 28, you know, God has given the Great Commission, wait, only to church, professional Christians? No. Yeah, no way. Right. God gave the Great Commission, and He told all of us as followers of Christ to go and to make disciples. Yeah. And so, you know, I think back about God's mission to the, God didn't give the mission to the church because it existed. God created a church for his for mission, mission. Amen. Right? Right. Otherwise, we're just a bunch of disobedient Christians just hanging out together. Right. right. And so if he has given his mission 
to each one of us as the body of the church, then we are to be busy about yeah. what he's doing. So um, it's easy. Amen. You know what? People think that it's very difficult. Yeah. And they think, well, this is the way I used to be. I can't have any impact or influence on people. I'm going to tell you, I, I screw up every day. Mm. And my, my past is as bad as anybody's. Yeah. Yeah. But God gives us new mercies every day. Amen. And he asks us to, to be ambassadors for him. If you look in Second Corinthians, we are to be ambassadors for Christ. That, yeah. Start there. Amen. That's one of, my, one of my favorite passages of Scripture in 2 Corinthians 5. Like, he starts with your new creation. Yes. And then he's like, and now I have a position yeah. and a message for you to take. Absolutely. And so many people don't embrace that. That's unbelievable. That's yeah. right. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, too, about when you study the, the, all the epistles, you know, when you study Paul's writings in the New Testament, yeah. you see that Paul goes in and wins people, individuals, to That's faith right. in Christ. That's right. And then you see him come back and check on those people and churches have formed. Yeah. Like it's not yeah. churches that led to disciples, it's disciples that led Absolutely. to churches. Absolutely. And so you ask yourself, well, what were these people doing when Paul left? Well, they went yeah. back to work as blacksmiths. Yes. They went back to work as, as tent makers. They Absolutely. went back to work in whatever business they were in, carpenters. They and they told people about Jesus, came back and Amen. I mean, so yeah, it, it's a, a very biblical model. Yeah, it? and that's our church plant model as well. That's right. In God's kingdom, it's the Amen. same way. You that's find it. people of peace, and then you have converts, and then you, you and start then here a it comes together. That's right. Yeah, I really believe that what we're talking about here is is um, it's foreign in concept, but it's not yeah. foreign in our hearts. Right. I think right. a lot of our hearts long for what we're talking about. Yeah. Like we long to for every day to really matter. You know, That's we right. long to stretch out there and like make a difference. And so what are, what are some tangible things that maybe you do in your life to live out that? Because I think yeah. most of us are going like, well, how do I do that? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, I think the one of the most powerful things you can do, and it's an easy on ramp for anybody that says, I'm now going to integrate my faith into my profession. You know, I, I tell people, you yeah, know, what's on your business card is your vocation. Mm-hmm. But your avocation is the love of Christ. Yeah. There's two separate things. Yeah. So yeah. this is what you give to people. This is what you this is what you project to people because of what's inside you. And yeah. the Holy Spirit will allow you to do that through. Yeah. So I would start with prayer. Mm. You know, no, I've never met anyone. I keep a prayer list in my office of people in my company. Wow. And they know they'll come to my door. Am I allowed to come in here? So what do you mean? Get in my door. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they're like, Well, I want to tell you, my sister in law, this way. Wow. Because they know that's the mm. culture we have. Mm. I've never had anyone say, No, don't pray for me. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so if you're trying to figure this out, that's the first step yeah. is just ask people around you. Hey, listen, I, I'm, I heard you talking about this. The workplace, the marketplace in general, because we live in a broken world, is full of broken people. Mm-hmm. We encounter them every day, yeah. walking down the hall, going yeah. to the break room, going right. out to your car, whatever right. it is. Right. Your job is to ask God to give you eyes and ears to to understand yeah. what people around you are going through, and then the first step is simply say, "Can I pray for you for this?" Mm-hmm. And maybe you will grow in your faith and be bolder and say, "I'll pray right now for you." Yeah. Or you'll follow back up and say, "What happened with this situation?" Yeah. And then maybe you'll say, "Hey, why don't you come to my? I know mm-hmm. we've been having this discussion. Why don't you come to church with me? Yeah. Or I'm having a discipleship group at my house. Why don't you join?" There are so many easy ways. People think that you have to like go in the break room and stand in a chair and pass out tracts and start right. preaching to people. That's not the way it works. Mm-hmm. Show the love of Christ to your neighbor. That's mm-hmm. what he called us to do. Yeah. Right? Right. And so that can be anywhere in the workplace. Your suppliers, yeah. your vendors, your work co-workers, whatever it might be. And and part of your other question was, 
what caused me to do this? When, when I became a follower of Christ, my first thing was kind of take an inventory. And, and honestly, John Mark, it probably took me three or four years to figure this out and sort it all through is exactly your question. So what can God do? And it goes back to the, it yeah. goes back to the Moses thing. Mm -hmm. Neil, what's in your hand? Yeah. What are the things that God's given you? Yeah. If he's given you a sphere of influence, if he's given you certain talents, certain gifts, certain passion, then you've got to package all this together behind what he's also given you, which is a message. Yeah. And then I want to get busy about sharing that message with people that, that need to know it. Yeah. And so I wrestled with that for years. Wow. Uh, several years, probably. And uh, God spoke to me on a, in Vietnam. I was really? on a mission trip. How about that? Across the world. Yes, I was on a mission trip with a dear couple of missionaries. And uh, I won't go into all, but it was sort of that Damascus Road kind of experience. I was already a believer. But God really placed on my life that day a call yeah. that said, look, you don't have to become a pastor of a 2,000-person church to have impact on my kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, I'm giving you I'm giving you access and even influence over thousands of people because of your network yeah. and because of who you are in the business world. Right. And when you have an impact on someone here, they go somewhere else. Yeah. And and it's a it's really I I would love to be a disciple maker. I try mm. hard at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I try hard. I meet yeah. with people and I try it's my passion. But that's really a discipleship process. Mm -hmm. It's a coaching process. Right. I was a coach yeah. most of my life, my young life. Yeah. And I love that. I don't see myself as a as a leader as much as coming alongside people and help coach them up. Coach them up. You know? Man, that's yeah. so good. Yeah. Well, you may have just answered our last question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry to get no, ahead. That's I think good. I answered all the questions. I'm sorry, no, no, so no, you're doing yeah, great. I, you can tell man, this is, about I love it. this. Like this is gold, man. This is so helpful. Uh, for all of us, but but think about it. Last question, you know, yeah. like down the stretch we come, kind yeah. of idea. Like when you think about finishing the race, you know, and um, when when you're man coming to the end, you're like, all right, if if there's anything Neil Koontz could have left yeah. his mark, like what what is it? Like what's that legacy? What's deep in your yeah. soul that you're like, man, like I want to live an inspiring life because yeah. this is so important to me. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. I kind of answered part of that. But I, I think at the root of that, John Mark, there's a question we have to ask ourselves. And it doesn't matter if you're a business person or, or whatever you do, but there's a difference between success and significance. Mm -hmm. in, in my 35 years in business, I've met a lot of successful business people, yeah. Yeah. men and women, yeah. successful business people. But there's a story in the Bible about a camel and a mm -hmm. <laughs> eye of a needle, right? Yeah, right. And, and so it's not so much about success as a significance. And, and I would love, you know, I would love at my funeral yeah. for there to be a line out the door yeah. of people that said, let me tell you, nobody knows this guy's name. Yeah. He's just some yeah. little podunk business guy from Knoxville, Tennessee. Right. But I want to tell you how he changed my life. Mm. Through introduction of Christ. Yeah. Not because I'm a great person. Right. We, we, we're not to go around. Uh, and that's a basic tenet of leadership, too. You know, if you, if you have a desire to always receive the praise by something that's going on under your leadership, mm -hmm. probably an egotistical person. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I, I would love for people to come to the podium and tell stories yeah. about Man, I had no I had no understanding of how I fit into God's kingdom. Yeah. But but because of the relationship with this guy, he helped me understand my purpose. Yeah. And this is the fruit of what you know, when Jesus was leaving 
And he was trying to console the disciples. He gave that in uh, uh, John 15, 5, I think. He gave that great example of I'm the vine and yeah. you're the branches, right? If you if if you abide in me and I abide in you, then you'll, they'll produce much fruit. Yeah. That summarizes what our life should be. Yeah, it's good. Every day we should be abiding in Christ. It's good. And when we abide in Christ, he gives us a roadmap for yeah. where he wants to take us and how we'll impact God's kingdom. Amen. Yeah. Amen. You know, that's so inspiring to me personally and really for all of us today. You know, it's so inspiring to think like, all right, let's be people of significance, of yeah. eternal value. Absolutely, and, uh, and 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 that way we can really make a difference. Yeah, for, for me, like there's a lot of learning that happens in our culture. There's yeah. a lot of knowledge out there. There's Absolutely. a lot of development. There's a lot of you know. We're probably the, you know our kids are overcoached. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, you know yeah. like there's yeah. all that, but there's relatively few who have figured out how to put it in the game. Yeah, to really yeah. make a difference. Yeah, and that's a great point. Is there's so much noise? Yeah, in our world. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. You can blame it on social media or sound bites or whatever. But there is so much noise in our world, and and that's a, that's a good prayer for any of us is to is to to hear, you know, that still quiet voice and to follow God's yeah. commands. Yeah. And He's very clear on what He's asked us to do. Yeah. He Man. doesn't need fans. Right. He needs followers. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, I really think what you've shared with us today can help us put it in the game and make a oh, difference. I appreciate so, that. Thanks. You're very kind. Absolutely. Well, it's been the Stretch Podcast. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us for the Stretch Leadership Podcast with Dr. John Mark Harrison. Tune in here each Thursday for new and inspiring content and every Sunday on our YouTube page at FB Concord for worship at 9 and 11 Eastern Time. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for listening.